Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. State Senator John Jasinski is our guest on AM Minnesota. Today, we're going to talk about the recently completed state legislative session. We appreciate the senator for stopping by our KDHL studios. You've been in here, right, since we... Absolutely, that's my third time in here since you remodeled. Very nice. Isn't this nice? It is nice. Too bad they cover all up with things in the window you can't see out. Well, we'll hopefully get that remedied here in the not-too-distant future. But, (laughs) you know, we always ask legislators to grade the legislative session. What grade would you give the most recently completed session? Boy, I, you know, I guess I've never graded it in my seven years, but I, you know, there's certain things that were good and certain things that were bad. We, you know, we lost our checks and balances with uh, one party control. So there's some frustration there of some things that got through, but you have to look at the light side. I would give it about a C. C, I would say a C. Not a C plus. Not a C plus. Not, not a, a C, C minus. minus a C. But a C. Average. Are you a tough grader? Uh, I don't think so. Usually I do a pretty easy, I, I'm a pretty good grader, but. It was a frustrating session, I will tell you. It's a, it was one of the worst that I've done in seven years, just with the way things were done and, and done pushed through fast and without compromise. So there's some frustration there. I mean, some of the spending things, they, they spent a ton of money. So there's obviously some good things coming up for Minnesota. Um, but unfortunately, uh, you know, the taxpayers here in Minnesota are going to have to brunt that with paying all, all more fees. So that's the frustrating part. There is some good investments in, in transportation and some bonding things. That we that we needed, but uh, you know we wanted to use the existing uh, surplus and use some of that money versus taxing more. And when we were all said and done, and there's 8.67 billion dollars in more taxes that are out there on top of the 19 billion dollars we had as a surplus. So we spent a lot of money uh, this session, and that was frustrating and to see some of that being done that way. So none of the surplus was saved. No, all the surplus was was spent. 19 billion dollars was spent on programs and other uh, things they've done across the state. They didn't put any in the reserves. Our reserves are maxed out at about uh, $2.8 million or $2.8 billion are, are, are already in reserves because it's maxed out. So uh, it's it's at its it's at its capacity right now for reserves. So it was well, all spent. Well, that was something that who determines what the max is? That's been uh, there for a while. It's so much of the, res- of the February forecast goes into reserves. And that gets set aside for kind of a, what's called a rainy day fund. So if we have, say has any issues, that money is there. But that was maxed out last year and is maxed out now again this year. So when's the next revenue forecast come out? Uh, the November forecast and then the February forecast. Have you had any indications? No, nope, I haven't seen yet. But the, the way they're spending money, I, you know, we're concerned there's going to be a, a deficit coming up. Probably not right away, but I, I would guess by November of next year, we'll see some uh, numbers coming in that there will be a deficit, which is unfortunate. At one point, there was talk about them avoiding having to do any compromise, them being the DFL versus the GOP. Mm. They were going to do a cash infrastructure bill, right? And they wouldn't have needed any of the help from the GOP. 
what happened that all of a sudden they got the bonding bill where they needed GOP help? Well, you know, a GO bill is, is the one that they do need uh, a supermajority, so they need seven of our votes for right. that. And, and we want to get some tax relief. So in the negotiations down to the end, uh, we, we got an extra $300 million for nursing homes. And that's what we wanted. Uh, we weren't going to get tax relief. Some of the Social Security tax what was eliminated. It wasn't full elimination, but they did do some of it. About, uh, I think about 76% uh, was eliminated, but there's still about a 26% there that is still out there that is still being taxed. Um, so we wanted to get the full elimination and we wanted to get some money for nursing homes. And in the end, under a compromise, uh, we had to compromise and, and take the 300 million for nursing homes, which is very, very important across the state because there's nursing homes closing down left and right. So we uh, did, uh, do that in the end and we, uh, cut a deal to get $300 million to help save our nursing homes in rural Minnesota. Well, we've had some close here. Absolutely, yep. Pleasant Manor is closed and consolidated in, So, and that's happening across the state. They can't find workers. Meanwhile, uh, well, you're younger than me, John, but I mean, my generation is getting older, and there might not be a bed for me when I get My generation is getting older, too. It's just not caught up to you yet. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying that... Yes, I agree. The baby boomers... Mm-hmm. Are booming, and this we're going to need these beds. Absolutely, and we're seeing more and more shutdown. So, you know, and and for some reason the Democrats didn't give that a priority. They had priorities and other things. So in the end, we had to use our negotiating to get some money for nursing homes because that's what we were hearing in all our districts is we need money for to keep those nursing homes open. So in the end, we got that, but a lot of money was spent. As I talked when we came in, uh, we've increased spending dramatically since the last one. I think the last one was about fifty-two billion dollars over two years and now we're at 71 so we increased spending by almost 20 billion dollars in in one cycle which is the largest increase in spending in our state's history yep nearly 72 billion dollars is what i i read on the on the website for the state there's 72 billion dollars and you said it was 52 billion before it was 52.2 billion in the 2023 2022 and 2023 and now it's $71.5 billion for the 24-25 uh, cycle. Yeah, they must have rounded it up yep. on there or something. But still, that's quite a jump. That is a huge jump, Gordy. A lot of money. It is a lot of money. We're going to get a market update here and see if the, the farmers can make some money here. Courtesy of your KDHL Agri Boosters. And then we'll come back and talk more with Senator Duzinski about what happened. And what didn't happen at this year's 2023 or during this year's 2023 legislative session. Our opening market report, a service of Matt's Roofing. They specialize in shingling projects, farm buildings, residential roofing, over 100 years experience. Troy's got you covered at 507-838-2254. Northland Buildings, quality post-frame construction. Head to northlandbuildings.com. Soybean and corn futures are lower on Wednesday morning. Cattle are mixed, hogs are higher. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. Take your corn yields to the max with superior genetics and next-level performance. Explore one-of-a-kind hybrids from MX Series Corn by Stein. Learn more at steinseed.com. Soybeans are lower this morning. U.S. soybean plantings ahead of average and with some areas wrapping up this week. An emergence is faster than normal. Early projections are for a record U.S. crop on the heels of a record crop in Brazil. July beans are down four and three quarters at 1291 and three quarters. August is down six and three quarters at 1212 and three quarters. 
July bean meals 70 cents lower at 391.90. July soybean oils down 31 points at 45.89. Corn's down this morning. The planning and emergence paces for corn are moving ahead at the typical pace. Uh, the mostly dry weather in parts of the central and eastern Midwest is causing some early stress and is starting to be a concern. July corn seven and three quarters lower at five eighty six and a quarter. September's down eight and three quarters at five eleven and a quarter. And wheat's lower. The winter wheat rating improved slightly, and spring wheat planting is caught up in many areas. The big bearish factor for wheat really continues to be the steady to slow demand. July Chicago's ten and a half lower at five eighty and a half. With questions about demand and some spillover from the broader market, July cotton's down eighty nine at eighty three ten. Rice is mostly higher, and bull spreading with July up nine at seventeen twelve. Live cattle are lower and feeders are mixed, waiting for this week's direct business. June lives down 72 at 168.15. August is 47 lower at 166.70. August feeders are up uh, 17 at 237.95. September's 22 higher at 240.90. And hogs are supported by yesterday's higher move in pork. June leans up 162 at 82.45. July's 337 higher at 82.95. Follow us on Twitter at Brownfield. John Perkins. Brown AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Other KDHL agro boosters include Craig Keller, the Keller Insurance Agency. Nearstrand Craig helps protect all things that are near and dear to you. Insulation Services Incorporated, you can get a hold of Nate there. Find out about all the advantages of spray foam or blown in insulation. Online, insulation services, insc.com. Insulation services, insc.com. Phone number Nine nine three forty five seventy, of course, area code five zero seven, and Krennic Stump Grinding Faribault. Contact Chris at four nine one two nine four eight, or go online Krennic K R E N I K StumpGrinding dot com. They bring you our opening market report and market reports throughout the day. We're getting a legislative report this morning. From State Senator John Jasinski, who's in our spacious, beautiful new KDHL studios. He just got done telling us they had their largest spending increase in the history of the Minnesota State Legislature this past session. A growth of about $20 billion. Mm -hmm. That is correct. (laughs) And they had a... Now, the website said $17.5 billion surplus. You've been saying $19 billion, so. Well, they had to factor in inflation, so they changed the way we looked at our forecast, and now they factored in inflation. So it's technically it's uh, $19 billion, but it's really 17.5. but they have to factor in for inflation. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely wanted to ask you about this. Virtually all the, the increases, taxes, are tied to inflation as well, right? That is correct. So basically, it's a, the, the budget is on autopilot. So they factor in inflation, just keep growing government uh, by the, the factor of inflation. Does anybody else do this? Um, not that I know of, Gordy, but I don't know on that. No, I know. You don't uh, know every state uh, legislative, but I'm sure some research has. I'm sure go. some probably do that, uh, but I think Minnesota, we have never not done that. We just always, you know, Take that into consideration when we're budgeting. Well, what's inflation look like? Now it's actually factored right in right away. So it's automatic. Automatic, yes. Yeah, so, and Minnesota probably could be the only one. I guess I don't know. That's interesting, though, because mm-hmm. when you tie it, as you said, it's on autopilot. Yep. You know, we used to when I was on the 
in city government, you always look well, the zero based budgeting. Well, you always look right. back in every year and you start from zero. Now it's just automatically increased for inflation and, and each uh, different area just grows by the factor of inflation, which again is something that is not good. And you're required to balance a budget in the city. Correct. We are. Yep. And the state. And the state, just not the feds. I was just going to say, <laughs> it's the one level of government where you have a Department of Defense is probably hard. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, yes. So, so you know, we we, um, we were frustrated with all the spending and, and the increases uh, with, with giving that surplus. We wanted to give tax relief back. We were trying to lower the first and tier uh, income tax. We wanted to give elimination of Social Security completely. Um, we wanted to give tax credits back. We wanted to you know, get some rebates back to people. So are we getting a check? Well, you know, the governor, that's, that's the funny thing. The governor ran on the, on the platform to give $1,000 back for every single and $2,000 per family. Yeah, Walls checks, he Walls called them. checks. He called them himself after himself, uh, which was a little arrogant. You know, I know there was the Jesse checks that came up, but those weren't referred to as Jesse checks. They just got termed that afterwards. Um, but uh, I think now those have come from, for a single person, went from 1000 down to 232 or $235 or something like that. Some small amount, and then for uh, that a would family, pay it was for my like, license tabs. Correct. The increase there, and then for families, he had proposed two thousand. That came down to about five hundred. But I think you'd also get another addition for kids up to three per family. So I think it was just under eleven hundred dollars. I think if you had a family of five, that'd be a husband and wife and three kids. You're going to get about eleven hundred dollars. So it, it drastically came down. Uh, from what he had ran on his uh, political platform as. What happened there? Do you have any idea? Well, they spent money. The other uh, other party spent money on so many things. I can't even give you all the different uh, ways they spent money. But lots of uh, things of wants out there that got got uh, spent on versus needs. And, and the bonding bill is a perfect example of that. The, they had the wants in there of, of some parks and museums and cultural centers and Things like that where you traditionally see wastewater and roads and bridges and heaper money for colleges. And, and we did get some of that, but they spent an awful lot on, on nonprofits. I think it was $450 million on nonprofits in a bonding bill. It would typically be for more infrastructure needs. And you are adding a state agency, the Department of Children and Families. We aren't. They did. Well, I mean, the state yes, legislature. You're, legislat- you're still part of the yes, state legislature. Right. <laughs> uh, they did it without our uh, uh, blessing, that's for sure. They wanted that. And, yes, so the, the paid family leave that you're all hearing about and that is actually going to start a new state agency. It's about 420 employees that will administer that program. We had a private way to do that where you get tax credits for businesses offering paid family leave, and they decided to start a whole new state agency that we're spending, you know, billions of dollars on so it, it's frustrating that's probably much of that 20 billion increase a lot of it is yes absolutely they have room for i don't this? have the numbers for all that but yes it was a huge increase in, in 420 spending. employees where are they going to be housed where are they going to be housed yeah where are they going to be oh i think there's some office space out there that they're they're have available now with the with the downsizing of things after covid i think they have a room for all that but oh okay at the state just some state agency somewhere there in one of the office buildings, yes. Wow. So you were telling me, and let's go on the positive side, you got a couple of items passed here for Otana and Medford. I did, yeah. We, uh, you know, uh, Otana had a wastewater treatment facility they had to start last year because they 
kept getting increasing bids, so they had to go with the head with that project. The MPC was on, MPCA was on them that with their water discharge. So we got twenty two million dollars for Otana, and I got an additional four point five million for Medford to connect to Otana, which is more of a regionalization system, which I think is better than having every little small city build their own regional or their own uh, wastewater plant. So that was part of the negotiations to get that additional four point five for Medford. The first bonding bill that we voted down uh, back in March had $11 million for Otana. And uh, when I voted that down, I got a lot of calls from the from the people in Otana and, and some uh, different people across the, the district frustrated that I voted against that. And I said, just stay calm. We're going to get some more. We need to negotiate. We want to get some tax relief. We're going to use this as a leverage to get that tax relief. And when we do that, we'll get more. And, and then we turned around and did get another $11 million for Otan and, and the additional 4.5 for Medford. So by holding out, we got another $15.5 million for the district. So pretty happy that Morristown also got a million, $1.5 million for some of their wastewater needs as well. Uh, the academies here in Faribault got $9 million for some of their uh, asset preservation and some dorm remodel. I get $10 million for Wanamingo. They have what is the Northern Zumbro, another regionalization uh, project for wastewater. And we got an additional $10 million for Wanamingo. So just in wastewater, uh, the bill in my district got $37 million of projects. And then I also have been uh, working on a, what's called BDPI. Uh, that's actually the fund that helped uh, put uh, Daikin out in the North Faribault expansion, as well as a new water tower. That's water tower. That's called BDPI, or Business Development Public Infrastructure, and I got $10 million for that project as well. So that that will help as well. So did get a few things. So all in all? Yeah, on the bonding side, I I was relatively happy. And then, you know, we did a lot of transportation funding, and and I got a lot of uh, things done in the the transportation bill. Uh, They used the money differently. We wanted to use the – capture the existing money on auto parts sales tax – uh, we did that back in 2017 and 2018. We were only captured about 52%. Uh, we had proposed to capture 100% of that and use that for things. And one of the reasons I needed that was for dedicated uh, funding for small cities like Morristown and Medford and Nearstrand and Wanamingo. They have no dedicated money for roads. And uh, what this bill did uh, is funded that. So now the small cities have a dedicated funding, which is the first time they've ever had dedicated funding for small small cities roads. And, and that got approved as well. Yeah, think about the burden on your local taxpayers when your community is less than a thousand people. Absolutely, and you know, a lot of times we'd give some. One year we'd give money, one next year we wouldn't, and depending on the budget. Well, now we have ongoing, consistent funding no matter what. So that allows the cities to plan better. Say, oh, we need this project and this project done. It just it, it's better for planning uh, to get these projects done. Governor signed the bill yesterday, legalizing marijuana. That is correct. I think that goes into effect August 1st. Uh, that, that bill is just not ready. Uh, it was not ready. There's so many things out there. If you talk to law enforcement officials, there's, it's way, way too soon to have this approved. There's no testing methods. Uh, the workforce is going to be an issue. It just need, it needed a lot more work. I know a lot of states are going that way. Uh, unfortunately, with the one party control, they pushed this through to show they could get it done. But I really believe it. it's too premature. It needs a lot of fixing to get done uh, before they did that. But it's one of those things they wanted to get done, and uh, they pushed it through. So I assume you did not vote for I it. I did not vote for that, Gordon. No, I've been very vocal. Uh, I was against that. I think it's bad for Minnesota. 
If you look at other states that have legalized it, you've seen a lot more issues from public safety uh, to homeless to mental health uh, to you name it. There's just a lot more issues out there. I don't think it's good for Minnesota. Um, so I've been pretty vocal about not voting in favor of that. And we've had medicinal marijuana use for we've a few years. Medicinal, and then the ag bill with what allowed what people refer to now as the gummies. That's been in effect. I think that was a step towards going this. And that if we would have kept that for a couple more years and worked on this bill for a couple more years, maybe they could have got it better. But it it, it just was not ready uh, to pass that bill. There's going to be a lot of fixes that we're going to have to deal with in the, in the upcoming years that I think is going to cause a lot of issues in Minnesota. Also passed a bill this session that pays for every kid's lunch and breakfast at school. Yeah, that's another one. You know, I think that was a shotgun effect of how to do that. We could have used that money and targeted toward the people that needed it uh, versus paying for lunch and uh, breakfast and lunch, actually. Uh, you know, so we have taxpayers here in Faribault technically are paying for the kids in Edina and in Minnetonka and Eden Prairie to eat lunch who, you know, families can afford that. So, you know, we should have used that money uh, and targeted toward the people that needed it. And, and in addition, what I heard from our superintendents of schools is, now they don't have to fill out the paperwork, which actually helped them get funding on the other area, cross-subsidy uh, for that, and, or uh, not cross-subsidy is another word for it, but we give more money to Faribault because Faribault has a, a higher amount of free and reduced lunches, so we get better funding for them. I think it's called compensatory, uh, not on E12 anymore, but compensatory funding that would have given more money to districts that needed it, not just a shotgun approach that's paying for everybody's uh, breakfast and lunch. So did schools get additional funding? I'm not talking about school lunch now. I'm talking about per-pupil funding. Uh, schools did get, you know, a lot more funding. Uh, that is true, but all the funding has mandates. And, you know, we had a program. We wanted to get money on the formula, on the general formula with no mandates. What happened is is that the Democrats put more funding into education, but everything has mandates where it has to be spent. And, and we just didn't think that was right. Uh, we think that each school district should be able to spend the money they want to and use that the way they think they should to help their education, literacy, and things like that. I was just going to say, that's what I would tie yes. it to, is literacy. That's what we always tied it to when we, you know, had control of the Senate, that we wanted to put more money into to increasing literacy, and then you have less mental health issues. All kinds of things are better, but they really uh, put a, a record amount of funding on there, but a record amount of mandates as well. And if, if you talk to the superintendents across the district, they'll tell you that the, the mandates were just unbelievable. They'll eat that up right away. Part of that is the paid family leave. They funded that for the first year, uh, but now that will not. So each individual school district, county, township, uh, you name it, will have to fund this paid family leave. And that's a, a like a, a deduction out of that each individual local entity has to pay for. And uh, so that's going to put more requirements on them going down down the road. Because correct me if I'm wrong, schools are your biggest budget item. Absolutely. Uh, the the budget of uh, in-state government was about 41% last year. I haven't seen what the numbers are this year, but it's, it's you know, between 40 and 45% of the state's budget is spent on uh, kindergarten through 12 education. That's not even higher education. No, that's not higher education. Higher education is about 11% from what I recall. So did you, say, you said 41? 41 plus for, 11. Plus 11. You're talking over 50% of the budget goes to education. That is correct, yep. And, you know, another uh, item that the Democrats put in was now if you make below a family income of less than 80000 uh, the kids can go to college for free. Uh, now, that all sounds great, but the, the frustrating part is is now people are, are not incentivized to, to make more than that. So 
Um, you know, there's a lot of grants out there that we thought were better than actually giving college free to everyone. And now, again, if you're if you're a family of making less than eighty thousand, uh, your kids will go to college for free. Of course, that's public, right? That's, that's public, correct. That's that's the universities and uh, the technical colleges. It's not anything for private schools like Saint Olaf or or Carleton would not qualify for that. But South Central would, University of Minnesota. Uh, Mankato State or Minnesota State Mankato, as you refer to it now, all those will have that tendency to have those or have the potential to have go there for free. That's your alma mater, isn't it? That is, yeah, Mankato State. Did they get some funding in this bonding bill? Um, I think there was a, a one of the buildings there. I can't remember which building was did get uh, funded in the uh, in the bill. I, I get confused between. I went to Duluth and Mankato. Oh, and okay. One at each that got some funding. So South I, Central, did they get some? South Central and Faribault did not. I think there's some in Mankato. They got last year. Uh, Faribault's got some money for Heaper and I think a roof replacement, um, but I don't think anything specifically for uh, South Central and Faribault this year. All right. Well, we only got a few minutes left in the show. Are there some items that you wanted to call to our attention, John, that I'm not aware of? Um, you know, again, we wanted to, to capture that auto parts sales tax and get more uh, money to our small cities. So the dedicated uh, funding for small cities and township uh, were important to me to get those done. Those were my incentives to do that. I also helped funded a new uh, state patrol helicopter. That was my bill for $14 million, which will help with uh, traffic safety across the state, which is uh, one thing that's important. Uh, Otana Learn to Earn is a thing we're doing over in Otana uh, to equip the new high school with some uh, training for uh, technical uh, training for some of the uh, needs in the manufacturing uh, realm out in in, Man- in Otana. Boy, that campus is beautiful. Beautiful, yep. So we got some money for that. We've been working on that for a couple of years. It didn't get across the finish line last year. Uh, we got some stuff for the deputy registers. Uh, they've been struggling with the new uh, Min Drive when we transferred from Min Lars. We got some money in that. I was involved in that. Um, there's also, I'm trying to think, uh, oh, there was a grant for Rice County for some water quality out on French Lake. With a, It's a pilot project to see if we can tackle some of the phosphorus and the really green algae that you see in the lakes. Uh, that got put into a pilot project, so I'll be excited to watch how that happens uh, and see if that water clears up. That That is going through the permitting process this summer, and then we'll go into effect for the next two years. They'll actually put uh, water clarifiers of five large boxes in the lake that will actually help airify the lake so it doesn't get so green. So it's just a test project to see if that works. And that's the things that come to mind. And didn't you say earlier this is the largest lake that they've done? This is the largest lake they've ever. They've tried it on some small lakes, and it's been very successful, but they've never had it on a larger and a deeper lake. So French is is to test that because French has a, a, a deep spot of 56 foot and I think 38 feet. Uh, and it's 860 acres versus 100 acres. So it'll be a test to see if it works on larger lakes that will really help southern Minnesota with some of our water quality in our lakes. And I think you said, what, was 150000 150000 so it's 75000 for two years, so yes. 150000 for that French Lake yeah. study. Yeah. So, um, I worked on a couple other highway projects, the Highway 65 up in the northern metro, and then... Uh, uh, Highway 8 in Chisago County uh, got $50 million that I helped work on that to get that done with my work on Highway 14. They asked me to help them out. So County uh, Road 9? Uh, County Road, nope. Nothing new for County Road 9. They're still finishing up that study on the new interchange. That was something I got funded last year, uh, and they're still designing that. But that, that uh, study is not done yet. But once the study is done, 
then in future years we can look for get some funding for the County Road 9 interchange as well. That's something I'll I'll stay on one of my projects. Which is, well, probably a few years down the road. Yeah, that'll even if it got approved now, it'd probably be about five to ten years down the road. It does take time with the with the feds and, and the highway trans or the the tra- highway transfer or highway transportation money. Sorry, uh, the six-legged roundabouts on hold now. You know, it's not going to happen this year. It's going to happen next year. The highway engineer tells us, Dennis Luby. Is that the one on Highway 19? Yep. Or is it, yeah, Highway yep. 19 up there. We do have one they're working on in Fairbow on Highway 3 as well, down by the new law enforcement center. Yeah. That's not a six-legged roundabout. No, that's not six-legged. <laughs> you know those roundabouts? I, I like the single-legged ones, but those ones that have multiple lanes uh, confuse a lot of people and I think are danger or scare a lot of people and are, and are dangerous. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I've never been a big fan of the multi-lane ones. Yeah. One other thing that was, I think, that was very important that we got done, and it was my bill, was the historic tax credits. Uh, that's uh, for downtown Faribault. You know, as you well know, Faribault, or maybe you don't know, but Faribault has the second highest number of uh, buildings on the state historic register other than St. Paul. So uh, that was some funding that was very, very important with some recent things that the EDA and the, and the Industrial Corps been doing downtown. Uh, that actually his tax credit had expired uh, June of last year, and we actually got it approved for eight more years going forward and made it retroactive back to the ending date. So all these buildings and the and the owners that are putting money into it, which costs a lot more money to work on a, a historic building versus a regular building, are getting some tax credits to help incentivize them to do that. So that will really benefit Faribault and Otana as well. Yeah, and other communities, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've only got one minute. What do you want to talk about there? You have a quick summation you want to do there? Um, you know, I, I would just say again, I, you know, I'm frustrated with the one party control. I think we really need some checks and balances, uh, to make our bills better up there. We had a lot of bills in the Senate that got some of our language put on. And then when you went to conference committee or basically after the House had their bill and the Senate had their bill, you had to go to conference committee. And a lot of our language got stripped out in conference committee. So we, we got input in the Senate. And then to get the bill approved for the governor to sign, it actually got stripped out. So it was frustrating to see that happen. And I really, you know, think that the greater Minnesota, uh, the 49% of us that are, are represented by Republicans have gotten, uh, you know, mis- misplaced or not, not represented. All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate you coming in. It's always a pleasure. Tomorrow we talk Heritage Days. Friday we talk Damn Days. Yep. The community celebrations are kicking in. And that means it's summer. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.